Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. We're going to, just in this moment, we're going to be talking about prayer for the next few weeks. How the importance of prayer, the power of prayer, what prayer can do in us, what can prayer can do through us, all the things. Before we begin, let's take a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to teach us. He'll do a far better job than I will. He can personalize the word that you need to hear. Everybody in the room, I don't care where you're at, needs to be further taught of the Lord, including me. Taught of the Lord. The beauty is I can say almost anything and the Holy Spirit is so good and powerful, he can personalize a word for you that can shift you and shift your present and shift your future because of something that he does in this moment and in the moments that we're about to step into. Because the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's an active living word that has the power to do so much in us and through us and for us. So if you would join me for a moment and close your eyes and just invite the Holy Spirit, maybe place your hand on your heart or in your mind, on, you can't put it on your mind, but on your head. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us in pivotal days that we live in, in days that seem to speak so loudly of darkness and hell seemingly winning. We thank you that the power of Jesus, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and will quicken us. So we ask Holy Spirit that you would speak to us, that you would open our eyes to see, you would open our ears to hear, you would open our hearts to understand, and that our feet and our hands would move in response to your word. Lord, we desperately need you. We don't need other things in the first place or out of order, we need Jesus. So open my ears, open my heart, open my eyes, even as we sing a fresh wind of the Spirit of God that will shift us, that will cause us to see anew, see afresh. Cast all our cares on you because you care. In the strong name of Jesus, amen and amen. Last week we had Ama and Emma and Majolo preach, did a three by 10, they did a great job, at least I thought so, a few of you did so. If you missed that uh, little uh, sermons from three people, uh, they're about 10 minutes long. They're on our YouTube channel. You can see them there, well worth listening to. Uh, uh, really, really good tips on prayer. But I wanna talk this morning about an at the atmosphere of prayer. How many of you know that an atmosphere around you can affect you? How many of you in the last couple of weeks as we went through uh, the reality of fires, 
that were nowhere near us, but were still affecting us. How many of you have asthma or something like that? Or, and you were like, <clears throat> how many of us also went into spaces where it's like, you think there was a barbecue happening and it wasn't when you got home, it was just salad. You're disappointed. There's so much toxic stuff in the air that made the atmosphere unhealthy. And even said, hey, be careful. Don't go to an exercise right now. And some of you are like, that's the word from the Lord. Don't go to an exercise, don't breathe in. Be careful, stay inside, all the things. Put a filter on all the things because the atmosphere around you can affect you and what you do. And an atmosphere is more than just a natural air atmosphere. Atmosphere defined for our purposes this morning, it's a pervading or surrounding influence. Uh, it's a general mood or an environment. It's used in reference to a feeling, a mood, an impression, a climate, an emotion, or an experience. If you hang around Gen Z or our young adults, they use a word called vibe. A vibe, I'm, do you feel the vibe? You've, we experience atmospheres when we step into some people's homes and you step in and you feel like right at home. Then other homes where you step into and you're like, or you go into a restaurant, it has a certain feeling to it, an atmosphere to it. And there are negative atmospheres all around us. Anywhere there are people, we can see negative spiritual atmospheres manifesting in the natural. We can see an atmosphere of hopelessness and fear and complacency. You might have grown up in an atmosphere of abuse and division and, and fear. There's atmospheres all around us with a low value for people and we see it manifesting in euthanasia and abortion and human trafficking and racism. We see atmospheres of confusion and unbelief and discouragement and depression that sometimes they're around us and sometimes they're just around you. Sometimes they're in environments that you step into. I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes you drive into a new city and you can sense an atmosphere. And then there are positive atmosphere, a home that you grow up in that's full of life, it's full of joy and it's full of welcome. Or you get around people that use their presence, their power, their prayer, and you feel uplifted when you're around them. Think of a spiritual mother for Shanda and I, her name of Teresa. She was one of those kind of people that just carried an atmosphere and it was the presence of Jesus that was able to lift me at times. We love it when we're around people like that. Pastor Mike is one of those guys. Or you've come into a church service and sometimes you can sense an atmosphere of faith and expectancy that anything could happen today. And the atmosphere that you regularly engage with has the power to affect you has the power to influence you. Atmosphere can build your spirit up or it can tear you down. The right atmosphere can improve your courage, can strengthen you and build you up and cause you to take steps that you never would by yourself. And as we talk about prayer, we're gonna look at this ability to create and build spiritually powerful atmosphere in your life, in your home, 
in your workplace, in your church, and in the world. And rather than, has anybody ever heard say, under the circumstances, I'm doing all right? Anybody ever said that before? I'm not gonna embarrass anybody, it's okay. We're gonna consider how building a strong prayer atmosphere in your life, in your home, in the church, can actually have a power over the circumstances. How many of us would like to see more miracles? How many of us would like to see more lost ones found? How many of us would like to see addiction broken? How many of us would like to see some financial release? How many of us would love to see trauma healed? Marriages set free, hungry people fed, like so many things. And it's very interesting that the disciples who spent three and a half years around Jesus, they saw him heal the sick. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him open blind eyes. They saw him cause uh, wind and storm to peace, be still, speaking to the atmosphere. They saw all of that. And yet at the only thing that they really said, Jesus, teach me to do, they didn't say, teach me to do miracles. They didn't say, teach me to prophesy. They didn't see, say, teach me to, to heal. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. After years of hanging out with him, teach us to pray. And we have such great need in so many places, so many different spaces that we're, each and every one of us are in. And our response is, Lord, teach us, teach me how to pray. I don't know how to do it, how you do it. The disciples were ones who saw miracles happen through them and they came back and they're like, whoa, even the, the demons listen to us. Lord, teach us to pray. And we're gonna talk about how each one of us, I don't care if you've known Jesus for a few moments or you've walked with him for 50 years, each one of us can set an atmosphere in our lives, in every environment that we step into, that is a prevailing atmosphere, that sets the tone for where we're at, that says that my past does not determine where I'm going, that my pain is not the end of the story, but that we set an atmosphere through the power of Jesus, through the power of connecting with the one, Jesus himself becoming a church or a people where everything we do is birth, sustained and paced through prayer. Lord, teach us to, Lord, teach me to, and teach us how to build and enjoy a God-saturated atmosphere in and through prayer where anything is possible. Anything is possible. Katie, I don't want you to have to stay there all day. I'm, you, 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 thank you. You can, you can head down anytime you just do that. But spiritual atmospheres, we see them all through scripture. And I'm, I can't go into all of them, but a healthy spiritual atmosphere is marked by the presence of God where you sense and know that God is there. We sense that this morning where this Holy Spirit is moving. He's causing you to do things that you never thought were possible. He's causing boldness and his fruit to flow through or to grow in you and his gifts to flow through you. 
the transformation of lives, open heavens, the river of God flowing. That simply means wherever the river of God is, there's life. The power of God manifesting and showing up. And we see the power of spiritual atmospheres. If you want to look to Mark chapter 6, it says that Jesus went back to his hometown. And we'll talk about this verse in a moment. But he went back to his hometown and his disciples were with him and he was teaching and people were amazed and they said, wow. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? And then they turned and said, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. But that's not the point. Here's the point. He, because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. The atmosphere was unbelief. And Jesus was unable, was unable to do any great miracles because there was a prevailing atmosphere of unbelief. Whoa. Because of an atmosphere of unbelief, it makes me wonder what am I missing out on because I walk in unbelief? What am I not experiencing because I live under or have an atmosphere of unbelief in my life when it comes towards God and what he has promised me in my life? An atmosphere of unbelief can hinder the power of Jesus moving in my life, moving in your life. Atmosphere is incredibly powerful. Do we settle for a few healings when we need an atmosphere of the miraculous? What isn't happening because of an atmosphere of unbelief? Because there is an atmosphere in our nation that is against believing in the reality of God and his goodness. And sometimes we can come under the atmosphere of the, of the nation. Sometimes we can come under the atmosphere in the family that we grew up in. Sometimes we can come under the atmosphere of our experience, but the atmosphere of unbelief kills the miraculous power of God moving. And we cannot, we cannot see change happen in our lives, in our families, in the world around us by the same old, same old. We need an atmosphere of the supernatural. We need an atmosphere of the miraculous. We need an atmosphere of healing. We need an atmosphere where Jesus is present, not just on Sunday morning, but on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday, in my workplace, in my family, at the family reunion, whatever space it is in, that the atmosphere that's around us that we don't come under it, but we actually begin to create an atmosphere through the power of Jesus. Second Chronicles 5 and 14, Solomon had built a beautiful temple. 
and they had an incredible dedication service. There was singing, there was prayer, there was worship, there was instruments playing, there was uh, offerings being taken. It was powerful, and here's what it says. The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. In other words, there was an atmosphere so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house. All of the act, spiritual activity helped to create an atmosphere of powerful encounter with God because they were putting their eyes on Jesus. They could not stand in the middle of it all. We see it in Acts chapter two when the disciples, Jesus had told them in Acts chapter one, I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses. And this was told to 11 men who had run from Jesus when it was in the worst of times. They had betrayed him, they had denied him, they had run away from him, and yet here they were, Jesus saying, you need to wait for the Holy Spirit. And here's what happens. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with all in one accord. They were waiting, praying, 120 in an upper room. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, which we just sang about. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them divided tongues of fire and one sat on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues and the Spirit gave them utterance. There's an atmosphere that changed these people. They had been locked in a room and Jesus had first come to them and they were afraid. They had run from Jesus, they had betrayed him and yet he, when they had an encounter with the very presence of Jesus in the atmosphere that was there because they were a people that had decided we're gonna wait on God, we're gonna pray, we're gonna seek his face, we don't know what it's gonna look like but Jesus promised that the spirit would come and give me a new boldness, would give me a fresh perspective and what it goes on to say, they began to prophesy they began to see things that they had never seen before. There was a boldness. Peter, who had been a denier, suddenly turned into a preacher. And Peter, who had, had, had walked away from God and three times denied him, stood up and thousands of people, 3,000 in one day, turned to Jesus. That's the power of a spiritual atmosphere, the presence of God in a moment. Sustaining prayer is key to shifting the atmosphere of your life and my life. It's key to shifting the atmosphere of a church. It's key to shifting the atmosphere of a workplace, a church, and a culture. And it's my prayer, it's our prayer as a church that we would become a house of prayer with a powerful prayer atmosphere that every follower of Jesus regularly participates in fervent prayer. Let's build that kind of an atmosphere, regularly participating in fervent prayer, the kind of atmosphere that changes everything. How do we do that? James 4, 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. He's the source. It's not going to get, it's going, not going to get something, it's going to get close to someone. Prayer is our first avenue to meet with Jesus, the one who shifts the atmosphere. Been thinking about this in my, in my uh, own physical body. There's been some things happening that are, I feel like some energy levels are not right and things are not where they, they feel like they should be. I went to, the, so I'm going to the doctor and different things and don't worry, uh, I haven't heard anything bad yet. But my f response is I gotta, I gotta check because I don't feel and I'm not seeing 
in my physical body what I should be seeing. I don't know if it's because I'm 52 years old. I don't know if it's because I didn't eat right. I don't know if it's something emotional. I don't know if it's like all the things. So you have to do a scan when something's just not right. Often when you're ill, one of the first signs is you just don't feel like you want to eat anything. You're not hungry. Anybody ever had that? You had no appetite. And if we have little appetite for the things of God, it should cause us to say, Something's not right. Something's not right. I got to do a scan, Lord. I need, I need some help here. Because John Tyson said it this way, God comes where he's wanted. So convicting for me. God comes where he's wanted. Have I drawn near to you, Jesus? Have I come close to you? Do I just assume that your presence will always be there. Now, Jesus never leaves us, never forsakes us. But there's still the sense of his presence at times that we say, God, I want more of you. Because Jesus is our living source of life. He says he is the bread of life, the sustenance for us. He says he's the living water that refreshes us. We draw near in prayer. And we spend time with Jesus in prayer, submitting to his will and is to his way. Because prayer, an atmosphere of prayer changes everything. Mark 11 and 17, Jesus says, Is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? Think about it. Jesus invites us to pray to shift the atmosphere over nations and to make an incredible impact in national affairs. Our national affairs need some injection of heaven in them. So if he can do it in a nation, surely he can do it for that which concerns you. My house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations, for all the families, for all the lives, for all the workplaces. The atmosphere of prayer makes the unmovable movable. The atmosphere of prayer makes the unchangeable changeable. The atmosphere of prayer makes the impossible possible. The atmosphere of prayer causes you start to see something to break. You, the atmosphere of prayer turns anxiety into peace. The atmosphere of prayer is where miracles become regular. The atmosphere of prayer is where discouragement and depression are pushed back. The atmosphere of prayer is where the timid ones are made bold. The atmosphere of prayer is where lost people are found. The atmosphere of, of prayer is where there's a joy that makes no sense. And so we so underestimate the power of prayer. James 4 and 2 says that we have not because we ask it not. Incredible thought. That means that there are times, not all the time, and I'll talk about that in a moment, there are times that lack in my life equals prayerlessness in my life. We're looking at God, why is something not happening? And he's looking at me and saying, Craig, why aren't you praying? Now we subject all of that to God's timing, God's will, God's purpose. We could preach a whole sermon on that. And also people's free will, because we can resist the spirit. You're gonna be praying for someone for years and years and years. I know someone in our church who prayed for their husband for over 40 years. Anytime she could have checked out and given up. And on his deathbed, he turned to Jesus. Wow. 
Don't miss asking. But I think somehow many times we just believe that we're saved and everything just comes to us, but that's not how it works. We must ask. Everything that God has promised is available to him or her who believes, and we go after it in prayer. Asking, seeking, knocking. And why do we go to Jesus? Because sometimes we come asking one thing and he turns it and says, you're asking the wrong thing, you need to be asking this. He promises to do what he promised. He didn't promise to do what you wanted. Two different things. But church family, we have a strategic purpose. We are not just here for ourselves. We're here for one another, but we're also here for the world. That an interceding church, a interceding people that brings more of heaven to earth. Jesus said, pray this way, your kingdom come, Father, your will be done on earth, in Surrey, in Langley, in Vancouver, in BC, in Princeton, in my family, in my body, in my life, in my finances, in every space, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the thing that does that more than anything is a church of prayer that asks and intercedes because the interceding church prevails against the gates of hell. Matthew 16 and 18, and Jesus said this, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and here's the part, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Gates simply mean they are functioned there to keep things out, the gates of hell, to confine, to shut things up, and to control people. The gates are the counsels of darkness that are forged against you, the plots and the ploys and the plunderings of satanic origin that too often we put up with, that are birthed in a demonic realm, and they come to erupt and disrupt in the physical realm. Darkness in our culture, darkness coming against us, darkness in our neighborhood. And let me say this, so many people are running around looking at what's going on in the world and putting more attention on what might be the devil might be up to, but, Jesus, but in it all, you can speculate in all kinds of things, but whatever you are believing, whatever video you are watching, whatever you are reading, do not let it overrule the declaration of Jesus who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The antichrist, whoever they may be, will not overcome me. The antichrist spirit in the world will not overcome my church. The plots and ploys in the the political realm will not overcome the realm of the kingdom of God moving through the church of Jesus. We are not on our back foot giving up. We are on our foot, front foot moving forward because that's what Jesus said. The atmosphere, the power of hell will not overcome, will not overcome, will not overcome, will not prevail against the power of Jesus in and working through the church and the people of God. What atmosphere do you come under? The atmosphere of heaven, because the church through prayer establishes a powerful, stronger atmosphere. Other translation says this, the power and forces of death shall never overpower the church. The power of the underworld shall never overthrow it, the church. The gates of hell will not hold out against the church. Everything, birth, sustained, and paced by prayer. An atmosphere of prayer. The interceding church also uses the power, uses the keys to bind and to loose. Because right after saying, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, Jesus said this, I will give you, say, that's me. That's me. I will give you, that's, that's 
the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Keys are given to the church to stop hell's worst. That's our job, to unlock prison doors of addiction, depression, fear, unbelief. Keys are given to shatter Satan's chains that hold people, that hold families, that hold cities, that hold nations captive. Keys of the kingdom bind the enemy's incessant work to steal and to kill and to destroy. Keys represent the authority that has been given to the sons and the daughters of the Most High that Jesus went to the cross and purchased for you and put in your hands. God is giving you rights to function in the realm of the Almighty. You are not just any other person. When you come into the kingdom of God, you come under the authority of heaven. There is power in you and on you, not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. And greater is he that is in you than anything that's in the world. In other words, keys of intersection of intercession, unlock things from heaven on earth, resources, answers, power, healing, miracles, prophetic ideas, prophetic activation, angelic activity, jobs, salvation, deliverance, restoration, freedom from addiction, all comes through the power of the church saying, I'm gonna use the keys that have been given. Now, how, Craig, how do you know that that's talking about prayer? Well, the word to bind is to intercede. That word comes from the same root word as the word for supplication or asking or intercession. So when I pray, I'm binding and I'm agreeing with God through intercessory prayer saying, Father, what you have willed in heaven, I call forth on earth. As your son and your daughter, I call forth your will on earth. Prayer is somehow God has orchestrated things that this is how things move. Per, uh, the worship team, if you can come, that's how the keys operate. We all have the power to bind and to loose, but if we don't intercede, the keys remain in our pocket and do no good. Every one of us can shape the atmosphere around ourselves, certainly, so that we don't come under the influence of the atmosphere around us. Every one of us can begin to shift the atmosphere in our family. Every one of us can begin to, as we as a church, together start to shift the atmosphere in our church. That begin, Then the churches of the city start to shift the atmosphere in the city, and the churches of the city start to shift the atmosphere in the region, and suddenly things begin to shift. Things begin to move. Things that were unlocked or that were locked up begin to be unlocked. People that you thought were impossible to come to Jesus turn in a moment, but it does not happen by accident. It's not just God what is going to do what God's going to do. He invites us, he calls us to be ones that would take the key and say, I'm going to use it. I'm going to unlock some things. I'm going to see some things broken through. I'm not going to live under what I have grown up in. I'm going to become the man and the woman of God through the power of Jesus inside of me. The one who is above all, who's through all, who's in all, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the alpha and the omega, the one who created the world, the one who by his word created things. The atmosphere of prayer that is a prevailing atmosphere, not being pressed upon, but pressing out. Pressing out. An atmosphere that enables us to overcome. 
an atmosphere that's filled with God's power, an atmosphere of the presence of God, an atmosphere of the spirit moving, an atmosphere of transformation, an atmosphere where anything is possible, an atmosphere of open heavens, an atmosphere of river of God flowing, an atmosphere of the power of God manifesting. Watchman Nee, who is an incredible Chinese Christian who was a man of prayer, he said this, our prayer lays down the track lays the track down which God's power can come on. Like a mighty locomotive, his power is irresistible, but it cannot reach us without the rails of prayer. Wow, what great imagery. Now all of us, I'm sure would say, I need to grow in my prayer. I'm not praying like Jesus yet. I'm not seeing the results like Jesus. I'm not communing with Jesus. I am not exactly like Jesus yet. So that means all of us can grow in this. But how do you do it? It's like riding a bike, prayer is. You can read about how to ride a bike. Your parents can tell you how it needs to work. But you know how you learn how to ride a bike? Someone goes and they come behind you and they, they get you pushing and probably you're gonna fall down and skin your knee and you'll cry and you'll get back up and you keep doing it. You just keep getting on the seat again and you just keep doing it and then suddenly the wobbling starts and you step going and away you go. It's like that. You just do it. It's like learning to drive a car. My goodness, when I first started teaching my girls how to drive a car, I was like, Lord, I don't think they should learn. <laughs> Lives are at stake. But the way we, they learned and they all drive and they drive well today. We went into some parking lots and we learned how to drive. Jumped a few curbs, we did all kinds of fun stuff hit things, we learn how to drive. If you wanna learn how to cook Thai, you don't just read the recipe book. You gotta get out the ingredients. You gotta put them together and you gotta start doing it. And then it might taste like Mexican the first time, but then you try again. And then the next time it tastes more like Mongolian. And then by the third time it tastes like Thai. You just do it. Because prayer is more practice than theory. Jesus was asked, teach us to pray, and he answered by praying. Richard Foster, who's written lots of books, says, by praying, we learn to pray. Mother Teresa was once asked, how do, you, how do we learn to pray? And she answered, by praying. Someone said it best though, pray as you can, don't pray as you can't, pray as you can. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you can't pray for one hour, don't try, it'll feel like forever. Start by praying for five minutes. Pray as you can. If you zone out every time you pray, pray when you're sitting at home and fall asleep, then pray while you're walking down the sidewalk or in the forest, but pray as you can. If you can't pray worship and adoration, don't fake it. Pray your disappointments, pray your anger, pray your confusion, pray your bitterness out, but pray as you can. If you can't continue to pray out loud, then journal your prayers with a paper and a pen, but pray as you can. If you can't pray with hope or with faith that God's not, just know that God's not bothered by that. He wants you to tell him about your doubt and your disappointment and your discouragement, but pray as you can. The one non-negotiable is simply to show up and grow up in prayer because the world desperately needs a praying church 
a church that will stand in the gap for the nation, a church that will stand in the gap for marriages, a church that will stand in the gap for families, a church that will stand in the gap to see addiction broken, a church that will see a prevailing atmosphere that is more powerful than the atmosphere you grew up in, that is more powerful than the atmosphere that you're currently experiencing, that is more powerful than the atmosphere of the world around us, that we create a kingdom atmosphere that changes everything. Sorry, I haven't preached for a few weeks and it's okay. But I want to ask you, family, over the next couple of weeks, three weeks, we're going to be more after this. So if you don't want to talk about prayer, go on vacation for three weeks. Don't. More than ever, be in the house for the next few weeks. We're going to have two weeks of fasting and prayer beginning next week. Going to be devotionals that talk about prayer. It's going to be all kinds of things. There's going to be prayer in people's houses. There's going to be prayer at the church. There's going to be times and spaces. And I'm asking you that you would commit over, particularly over these next couple of weeks to growing in your prayer. The one non-negotiable is to show up somewhere and pray. For some of you, you're like, I can't, the times don't work. Show up somewhere, go on Zoom, show up in your chair at work, show up somewhere and begin to pray. That we would be a church growing an overcoming atmosphere of prayer and intersection, intercession as we make deliberate and intentional choices to seek Jesus afresh in times of prayer and fasting. Because let me tell you, if we just simply got each of us to just walk in front of a mic and say, here's what I'm facing right now, here's what I'm praying for right now, we would be absolutely flabbergasted at the level of need in the room. That's just in our room right here. Never mind the people who go to sleep at night wondering if there's a God. Never mind the people that have walked away from God and are caught in all kinds of situations. We need Jesus. I invite you to stand real quick. We need a fresh wind. Just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. Take a moment. Invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Holy Spirit, how do you want to adjust me when it comes to prayer? I want to see things shift in my life, Lord, to be the man, or if you're a woman, to be the woman of God that you've called me to be. I want to become more like you, Jesus. I want to have a deeper relationship with you, Jesus. You're my source. You're my living water. You're my bread of life. You're the one who started it all. You're the one who's in the middle of it with me. I'm not going to look, but I'm just going to ask you if you're saying, Lord, I'm going to engage in this season. I want to grow 
in my prayer. Just slip your hand up. I'm not looking at around the room at all. I don't want anybody else to, but respond to the Lord. Um, I want to grow in my prayer, and I'm going to do what I have to do, Lord, what you called me to do for the sake of my life, for the sake of my future, for the sake of those around me, whether they're my workplace mates, whether they're my family members, whether they're my grandchildren, whether they're my grandparents, whether they're my parents, whether they're my sons and daughters, whatever they are, for the sake of a nation, that we would do our part in becoming a house of prayer, building an atmosphere of prayer and intercession that changes everything. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.